What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Uncharted Pod. I'm Yash. My name's Shub. What's up? What's up, guys? How y'all doing today? What's up, bro? What's up? Shut up, dude. That new mic. I know that new mic is definitely. I can pick it. It picks everything up. So picks everything. Oh, I gotta really watch what I'm saying then, huh? To, to all the, yeah, all the exactly. listeners out there. How no you more doing, blasphemy from you, bro. I'm doing good, bro. It's been a whole two hours since I've seen you. We actually played some basketball. Yeah, we're um, not going to discuss the results of like how that went down, but yeah, it was a good yeah. exercise. I, think I mean, now that you brought it up, I mean, yeah, 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 it was all about the calories, not about the three times I beat you one on one. But it's all good. Uh, we don't need to. All right. Yeah, 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 listeners, yeah, yeah. Let's just check back in two weeks when I'm like actually in shape and like yeah, don't have yeah. a beer belly. Um. Anyways, crazy stuff has happened as usual. Like whenever time we link up and stuff like that. I mean. I mean, there's no point in saying that anymore because everything, like, since we started this pod, has just been back to back to back to back. And within seven days now, it's going to be free, uh, training camp. And what's crazy to me, dude, is, like, we're, like, processing all these scheduling things, things we want to talk about, splitting it up. Dude, like, there are, like, four, five, six big names still potentially on the trade market that pretty much have to be traded before December 1st because that's the start of training camp. So yeah, it's it's like for me, like there's no signs of things slowing down. Like we could wake up tomorrow, bro, and Westbrook could be traded. Uh, I saw reports today about trade talks for that. So how how have you sort of processed like the weekend and just like everything moving forward before we hit uh, December twenty second? Um, it's definitely been very very fast. Like what we usually yeah. see in the span of about a like a month and a half to like three months in terms of signings is literally happening within the, like the span of like days. It's like tons of players are moving back and forth, but notably speaking, I think the teams that we can kind of agree on that have won, I just added a name to the list, by the way. Cool. Um, but it looks like the Suns won this off season so far. The Lakers had a phenomenal off season. The Which Bucks, see, yeah. the Blazers, the Sixers to some degree, and the Hornets, I think are up there as well. They had... Mm you know, some crazy additions. So definitely like, I think one interesting fact about all of them is like, they all added some vets. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of been the name of the game for this off season. It's a, like all the young players have kind of re-signed with their own team. Correct. Um, and all the vets have been moving around and, you know, jumping on this like contender bandwagon, yeah. if, you can, if you can call it that. And, and the thing is like the, the biggest trend too is like, you know, all the reports were just like, 2020 is like you know kind of dry the market's kind of dry like wait for 2021 when Giannis, lebron ad Kawhi, pg all these guys could be potential free agents victor Oladipo, yeah the list goes on and on but so much movement and so much momentum for nba junkies like us that make a big deal and a lot what i'm noticing is like you know these one to two year deals i don't think i saw like a four-year deal just out there unless like you know i'm missing something but, you know, everyone's, like, really, you know, maybe giving the money out, but also on these short-term contracts because people, yeah. players are on a tight leash and, you know, owners are reluctant to uh, dive deep in their, in, their, in their cap space. But, yeah, we could start. With, so this podcast is just going to be about the winners. Yeah, do you want to add something? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to put something in real quick about, like, what you said about the owners having a tight leash. I also think that the, the player movement era has changed a lot, too. Like, cool. I think it's really tough for these owners – to lock down these players for longer than like a year, you know? Oh yeah. Like a year to two years. Like Kawhi just signed like a two and one. And like the whole thing 
apparently Brian Windhorst, I don't, I don't like the guy. Sorry, Brian, but <laughs> he, he did report something along the lines of how like, yeah, that AD might be waiting for Giannis to sign a super max. And if he does, then Anthony Davis will like, if he doesn't, then Anthony Davis will sign a one and one to recruit Giannis to LA while when him and a like LeBron opt out. And I'm just like, I don't want to go too deep into that, but I like, now that you mentioned it, like I'll make sure we don't go deep into it, but just like the thought process of that is just so unreal. And you know, that's ridiculous thinking, thinking ahead. It's just like, wait a second now. Um, And you got to think of it from a Lakers perspective, which we'll get into later. Kostas on that team was not an accident. No diminishing his game whatsoever. I think he deserved to be on that team. Uh, you know, sort you of think uh, so? that third string right there. But that was no accident. Like, really? His skill, his skill, that's no accident. Uh, no, I'm not denying what you're like ensuing. It's like, yeah, it's definitely because of, uh, you know, Giannis and stuff. But it's, it's like a half and half. Like he's good enough to be on that team and has the skill and you can make an argument. But the other reason is your brother is a highly coveted potential free agent and stuff. So, and I don't know how much that played into him, him signing with the Lakers, but I I can see your point, I guess. Like, no, no, no. Costas didn't sign with the Lakers. That's the thing. Like he was picked up by our G league team. Yeah, he was, he was. Yeah. I understand. I understand. But I I, I guess, yeah, I I can, I can see your point and what you're making there. But But then I can make a counter argument too. With my point is that he's already playing with one of his brother on the bucks too. So that's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get so today's gonna be about the offseason winners so far. I definitely want to put so far in parentheses because you know it's it's you know what has it been four days now? There's still you know a little you know some free agents like you know the true NBA fans would know like where's Hassan Whiteside gonna gonna go and stuff like that. But for the most part, everyone's found their new home. Um, I think I'll kick it off to you. You like, let's start with the Suns. You're you're big on the Suns, bigger than I yeah. am. What did you 100%. see in their offseason? Um, maybe even past their CP3 edition, which we talked about last couple of pods, um, that, re- that really uh, impressed you. They just signed Dario Saric to a three-year, $27 million deal, that was which is pretty that nice. Was yeah. Um, I think, you know, they're really solidifying their bench that you said, you know, they didn't have depth. Now they have Jay Crowder, Jay who's, also, who's also on the sense. And I think that right there kind of set them apart from the Pelicans. Um in terms of like what type of a team they are, they have a guy who's like a reputed three and D player. Um, you know, he played on a team that went to the finals last year. He's played on the, on the Boston Celtics. You bring that energy, that winning mentality to a young team. It's going to do a lot for them. And I can see them, you know, like I've always said, sneaking into that, like the fifth to eighth seed, but I can see them being like a fifth seed. Uh, absolutely at their best so yeah and i'm seeing yeah so so deandre aiden again at their helm they picked up dario stars like you said jay crowder is going to be huge um and etuan moore apparently they picked up as well so these small players etuan moore too wow and langston galloway and um on my twitter i did say um i, I had up, up, updated offseason priorities for the lakers and i did want the lakers you know looking for that last guard of theirs uh i, mm-hmm. I you know, thought of Galloway, um, Tyler Johnson, and another guy I can't think of right now. But Galloway was another guy. He had a nice stretch with the Knicks, and now he's finding, like, one-year contracts everywhere else. So, filling out their bench is going to be nice. Now, if they can stay healthy, that'll be nice. Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, you said Jay Crowder, you said Dario Saric. Those last two players are proven players. 
and yeah. um you know it's just it's just mildly impressive so i don't um, know good I, for I, them i wouldn't really consider galloway's stats with the knicks but i i get what like yeah i get your point he does yeah he, he, he's just like a you know you're gonna know his name because you know for us that play fantasy and stuff like i remember there was a stretch <laughs> whether it was two three years ago <laughs> like this guy was yeah, like this guy was going you know, off it was like yeah. man he can he can make it past the waiver wire for sure um but yeah no i mean i i mean we could we could go on all night. I'm just like not a huge believer in the Suns, but you know they did well. Props to them. They bolstered mm-hmm. their bench, which is much needed. Now I think their bench really competes with others, um, you know, and can really put a string on it. I think they have proven players. Um, you know, young players are more um, glaring than the experienced players on this team. Um, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and Dario Saric are the main players. In, yeah. In, I'll give a half point to Devin Booker because he had experience in the league that really have like, you know, that toughness playoff ex- experience and stuff like that. So we'll see young team. And it's a good win right there. Do you want to add anything on the, on the Suns? No, man. I just think that Devin Booker's going to take a little step up in his game because he's not the one that's creating everything for them. You know, um, yeah. I know Rubio was a big creator for them, but adding Chris Paul like really offsets that burden. Cause now he has another scorer, um, a guy who can at least score the ball from, um, from the backcourt, you know, because yeah, Ricky Rubio no, did not have that presence at all on that team. Absolutely. Um, so you can 100%. kind of like, like I, I would, I'm just curious to see how like, you know, this team is going to play. I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of Suns games. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking season. about some of, some of the league pass teams uh, we wanted to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm not going to get into the team we obviously want to talk about badly just yet, but um, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Atlanta. Um, let's go over on the East Coast um, for a second. Uh, the Hawks, yeah. I just want to mention their backstory. I'll, I'll just, you know, say it in this narrative. Um, we were laughing uh, a lot, like one of our first pods, like the Hawks had a lot of pressure from the ownership to yeah. make the playoffs. And we were kind of laughing at it, and I was too, um, but not really connecting the dots. I, I blame myself for that. Like, wait, if they use, utilize their cap space correctly, like why are the playoffs a long shot for them? And Lord and behold, like fast forward, you know, a week or two after that report, you know, the playoffs are realistic and everyone in the media, everyone in NBA circles kind of expects them to make a, make a poise run Um, for our listeners out there. Some of their additions are Chris Dunn. I don't want the contracts in front of me. Excuse me. Uh, Chris Dunn on a short deal. I believe who's a very good defensive point guard NBA two-time NBA champion. Now Rajon Rondo on a two year. Do you remember the number? I think it's 15. Yeah, something um, like that. Uh, the numbers yeah, don't really matter. Good. I mean, their their cap space is like not exactly that important. But yeah, they yeah, because they they, they, had, they had enough room to sign all these guys. And then Danilo Gallinari, which was crazy. Actually, dude, I put on my Twitter today. It was really funny that Danilo Gallinari like made this deal about you know I'm 33. Oh yeah, yeah. For a championship, um, at the stage of my career. And then I looked up the Hawks' record last year, and it was 20 wins, all being a shortened season. So I just thought it was really funny. Like, yes, it's very. This team is very exciting. Hey, don't get me wrong, but. Um, that really lined up with what you're saying, but you know, he got the bag for sure. Tony Snell, they picked up, I, I believe from the Pistons, John yeah. Collins is still there. They drafted Okongwu, um, Clint Capella is still there as well. So they have some very, very nice Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter at, at the, at the two guard position, uh, as well as DeAndre Hunter and Solomon Hill, a nice veteran as well. So they've got these nice mix of, you know, veterans and some young guys from their last season. Um, what I'll, question i'll throw this to you over a question because uh one thing that's been discussed a lot is a lot of these forwards have been signed like gallinari who's exclusively the four 
John Collins is coming off a 22 and 10 season. And apparently reports are out saying his agent wants a max deal. And so he deserves he, it. Maybe he deserves it, but based on these decisions and drafting Okongwu, this high uh, draft pick and compel in the middle, do you think the Hawks should trade him and try to get value back? Maybe, uh, you know, fill out that two car position better. Or do you think he deserves to stay in, in Atlanta? Um, I think it would be remiss not to sign the guy because he, he's their defensive presence. And Where's their room, though? Okay, this is this is where I think that the Hawks might have kind of messed up on. They didn't really pick up any defensive players. They picked up a bunch of guys who could score. Correct. Um, so they're going to have, like, this firepower offense going into this next season. All we'll see how it works numbers, out. Bro. Yeah, they're gonna, it's going to be, like, 150 to, like, one, 135. Like, they're going to be allowing too many points per game and, like, John Collins is like that saving grace where they have a three and D guy and Okongwu um, to his credit could also be that guy um, that can play defense. But I, I mean, I don't know too much about his game, so I won't comment on it, but yeah, like if you look at all the guys that they've signed, like none of them like stand out to you as defensive players. Exactly. And I mean, vets are not like, it, it really just depends on if the other team's having an off night and if these guys are having a great night, you can see some like, big discrepancies but like when, when you're talking about the teams that they have to beat to get to the playoffs you're primarily competing against the hornets the pistons exactly. and the wizards and i think the only team that they're better than is i'm, I'm not even going to count the knicks or the Cavs. um i just don't think that they're they're in the, in, in the in the playoff contention but i don't think they're better than the hornets really? um, yeah oh uh, really that's that's a hot take I, I don't it is a hot the, take I don't think the Hornets got better that much. We, we can get into them later. Um, but I definitely think they have a case. I, I think it's up between for the eighth spot, them or the Wizards. Because, you know, John Wall has something to prove, which we'll talk about later. But that's pretty interesting. I think, you know, they're, they're built for the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a long run. And plus with the playoff playing tournament, you could have a definite mm-hmm. case because all you need to win is two games if you're just in that yeah. sphere. So, um, yeah, that was my, like, first winner. Do you want to pick up, um, you know, another winner of yours that, that really impressed you? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, just going off of that, I want to talk about the Hornets a little bit, and then we can do a little comparison here too. Do you, do you feel like they're a winner this offseason? Definitely, man. I mean, they okay, overpaid for, for Gordon Hayward a little bit, but I think, you know, their main – A little main, bit is a – Yeah, it was a lot. They honestly, they honestly paid him a lot. But honestly, like, I think Jordan was convinced by his numbers as being a fourth option. Like, this guy – was averaging like 19 a game for the past few months um, being the fourth option on a, on a really good Celtic squad. I think if Gordon Hayward is healthy, you're looking at, you know, a season where he can like really be the primary guy other than LaMelo ball. And the reason why, like, even though they didn't make any big moves, they're still looking to ship Terry Rozier. Um, I still think that, you know, they have like a pretty strong, like backcourt now with Lamelo Ball, Devontae Graham. They still got PJ Washington. Those two guys, like Devontae Graham, PJ Washington, really showed out last year. Um, you know, I, I I can see them, you know, pr- like producing the same results um, to a certain degree. Not, maybe not Devontae because he's not going to get as many shots, but like Lamelo, I'm high on Lamelo and Gordon Hayward playing well together, and I think that the two of them, like Hayward, could be a good influence on Lamelo and keep him in check. So that veteran presence definitely helps. And I think there's still maybe some sort of way that they can, you know, snag Russ. Um, that, would, that would really cap their offseason. But I think what, yeah. what they have right now, they're pretty solid. And 
They, they, they also stretch and wave Nicholas Batum, which I think is a good idea. So he's off. That was really producing. Yeah, he's that. gone. Yeah, they stretch and waved him. Um, yeah, uh, that's that, that's. <laughs> I was with you there, and a lot of things have to happen. There's a lot of ifs there. Um, I mean, the only if Russ, is on. The, I don't think I don't think Russ is their if. I think their if is really in what value they get for Terry Rozier if they trade him like to the team. I think the Clippers showed some interest. What kind uh, of return could they get back though? I mean, if we're talking with the Clippers, maybe you can talk like because you're right, Terry Rozier does not fit there. But how can Rozier's value make them better? Like for the Clippers, the Clippers need a playmaker. No, 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 no. But for like the Hornets. For the Hornets, for the Hornets. I mean, for the Hornets, you could probably like ask probably for either Lou Will or Pat Beverly. You think the Clippers would do that? I think they give up Lou Will. Okay. Maybe. I mean, because Lou Williams is good and all, but. I think that they they need a playmaker more than they need a scorer. Like you don't need Lou Williams to score twenty five a night when you got two great two way you know wing players that hopefully perform that because you're paying them out of your ass as as a Clippers <laughs> as the yeah. Clippers are. So like like I think there's a lot of ifs. I think there's a lot of ifs in terms of in my opinion. So big if. So we're pretty sure LaMelo Ball has the skills to make it work. So you're, you're depending a lot of success on LaMelo Ball to be a win-now type of player with he's going to have some mental lapses and, and, and some rookie, you know, coming along. But in order to make the playoffs, like, you have to get over that quick. That's number one. Number two, Devontae Graham. Can you repeat another season? Number three, if. What kind of value can you get back for Terry Rozier? Number four. What is Gordon Hayward going to be like? $30 million, the entire NBA world is going to be watching him and seeing what kind of value he's going to bring. If he can go back to Utah Jazz uh, Hayward and be that 25-5 and five guy, then it would have been worth it, right? And we don't – LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward kind of chemistry, I don't – personally, I don't see their games aligning that much. Why not? I mean – Lamelo is a good a good playmaker. He's a good playmaker for sure. But I, I see I see Gordon Hayward, who, I mean, he played well as the fourth option on the on Boston. But he's gonna be the guy that dictates the ball a lot. It's gonna make plays. He he's talented enough offensively to get to his spots and create buckets. What that's sure. gonna require is the ball not in Lamelo Ball's hands. I don't think Lamello, so. I, I, I disagree with you. Where Lamelo Ball is going to be is, you know, in the corner somewhere. And you also are coming off the league, the team's leading score in Devontae Graham, who's going to expect some shots. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a work in progress. Um, and you know, Miles Bridges had a great season last year. PJ Washington, I agree with you there. Uh, their center spot, Biombo and Zeller, um, that's always going to be, you know, mediocre, average sort of play. Yeah. And so when when you're talking about playoffs in the top heavy East. Um, I think there's a, a few more teams I would put ahead of them. Um, Honestly, you could say that, but you know, the, the, like with the team they had last year, like they were like what the ninth or tenth seed, like they still had a shot. You uh, had if they had a shot, they'd be invited to the bubble. I, I think there was a huge drop off. The only reason the Wizards were invited because they had like six, you know, six games behind, which was still a long shot. Yeah, no, I understand, reason. but like what what I'm trying to tell you is like. Devontae Graham can definitely repeat his season. I don't think he. I don't think he yeah, was a fluke. And, no, and, and also, Lamelo and Gordon Hayward. Like Gordon Hayward knows how to play in a system where he's not the first option, and he can definitely. The Hornets were six games back from making the playoffs last um, 
last season. Last season. Yeah. Not terrible. I think adding Gordon Hayward and putting Lamelo at point where Lamelo is going to handle the ball the majority of the time. I think Gordon Hayward's going to get his buckets. Uh, but like it's going to be the two of them. Like you know, they're going to alternate on on possessions. I don't really see them like. Yeah. Like so I so I think they can play off of each other one hundred percent. I don't think I don't think it's going to be as big of a problem as you make it. What we're going to see as a problem is Lamelo shooting. I think it's going to be horrendous. And I yeah. think this guy is going to, like, he's going to have to, like, get used but to But can they afford the enough games for him to have horrendous nights and still make the playoffs? That, these are the I mistakes think so. and growing pains you have to account for that you have to account for in a rookie season. That's why most of these teams with high-profile rookies don't make the playoffs. You know, Lonzo Ball's growing pains. Like, look at his brother alone. Like, the Lakers did not, were not successful, but were able to stay patient because of the trajectory of the team. I understand, but I also think that when you add, you know, you already have a natural score in Devonte. I mean, Malik Monk is also, you know, he's got some length. And like, if you look at their team overall, like, I'm not saying it's a bad team, but I, like, you know, when you're talking playoffs, the top eight teams, like, then yeah, but then uh, like, talking. like I said, the the teams that they got to beat out are the Pistons, the Hawks. No, I'll, I'll read this back to you. So wait, hold on, I want to do an exercise because I do want to stay on the East standings just for a little bit, and then we can move on. Sure. Um, uh, just agree with me. It, just say yes or no if you think this team will make the playoffs next year. And just I'll, I'll keep it in my hand. Ready? Sure. Bucks. Yeah. Raps. Sure. Celtics. Yeah. Pacers. Obviously, yeah. All, all four. Yeah. Sixers. Okay. Nets. Yeah. That's seven. So, they, so they're, they're fighting for the eight spot. So now it's between Chicago, with the Wizards, the, and, the, the, and the Hawks. The Hawks, most likely, and Charlotte. I can Wizards, I can, Hawks, Charlotte, and Bulls. You can throw the Bulls in there. I, I think the Bulls them. are better than the Hawks. So you're telling me, out of these four teams, you think the Hornets are the best out of these four teams to get the eight seed? And we didn't even include the team that did get the eight seed, the Magic. I mean, I don't know if the Magic made enough changes to warrant them. That's fine, better. but there's still three other teams. I just threw out five teams that are vying for that eight spot: the Magic, the Wizards. The Hornets, the Bulls, and the pit, the Hawks. Also, what is your guarantee? I, I, I think I think the Raptors also, you know, will struggle a little bit. In they making, struggle, but but they signed the Van back. Siakam's still their All Star, and Lowry's still their leader. So uh, I'm not. They lost their bigs, yes, but I'm not. I'm not counting them all out. Yeah, they signed Aaron Baines, which they I guess signed Aaron Baines, so it's gonna be a nice replacement. So yeah, so I guess I don't second know. seed like last year. Um, I, I could see them being there. Yeah, yeah they, they might be like a, a six. So five something. teams, one spot. I still that's, think that's that my the, concern. The, the, the they still have an upside to them because the, the Hawks can't really play defense. The Magic are like mediocre, and you know. You think the Hornets can play defense? I mean, I think garbage defensively. Gordon Hayward can't move his feet. They have no defenders. I still, I still put them at the same level at, at Atlanta, dude. I, I don't think that they're. They're so poor at defensive. Like they have Malik Monk still, you know. Um, I don't know why I'm so high on this guy, but I think he can do something at least. They have some length and like they have some size, which is kind of like what you need. I mean, they're, they're not going to be the best defensive team in the league, but I mean, they just. I I'm high on Lamelo Ball. I think he's better than his brother, and I think that you know he's going to put up some numbers. Chicago's coming back with the same team, new coach Billy Donovan that always gets in the playoffs. You don't think they have a shot either? Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Marketing, Wendell Carter Jr., and Patrick Williams, the new rookie. You don't think they have a shot? I don't think so. 
Yeah, I don't know. They they were they were doing well. I mean, they they didn't have a chance last season, and they had the same yeah. squad. So. Um, I have the humble and fortunate opportunity. I'm going through the list, and I'll just like go through it. I think the Lakers, uh, you know, clearly, clearly, you know, I'm not going to say won the off season, uh, because I do want to give respect to another team we we'll probably mention later. Um, but the like in terms of winning the championship, it's just like this idea like how much can you really do like think about the last few champions um that have won the warriors pretty much stayed the same besides the fact they uh, added kevin durant to really uh, solidify their path to the championship and really uh contend for that um whether you know and then they added a couple ring chasers which they were to help out you know like nick young and stuff that was just like to help people out really didn't you know have a use for them and stuff like that the raptors you know got their championship and their best player left Right. And LeBron, you know, they pretty much just ran it back. I don't think they made a lot of new changes. So my point is the flip over and the, you know, renovation that Rob Plink has done on this team is quite astounding. And the reason why they're getting so much attention, I think that is the reason why, I mean, you can talk about the Lakers all they want and Lakers, you know, uh, bring big bucks and stuff like that. But the reason there's so much, you know, high praise for this team is because of the revamping they need to do as Laker fans, even though, you know, we had so much success and, you know, things were able to go our way. There were still so many glaring issues. Me as a pessimistic fan, um, there were so many glaring issues that I was very concerned about that a team like the Rockets or the Blazers, uh, you know, somewhat exploit, exploited one, one of the games we played them. Um, and I think these acquisitions clearly, clearly address that. And I think I'm very excited. I've never been more excited to see more moving pieces like this. Um, quick rundown. We added, we lost, let me see if I can remember them. Um, uh, Avery Bradley, we lost. JaVale McGee was traded. Dwight Howard left. Um, we lost Danny Green initially in a trade. Um, and those were it for the most part. Rajon Rondo too. And Rajon and Rondo. Quinn Cook got team. waived. Quinn Cook got waived as well. And then, yeah. you know, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, their contract expired as well. Um, yeah. But our additions are is what got, got me really excited for. Um, Dennis Schroeder is coming, coming in uh, with that trade. Um, mm-hmm. Wesley Matthews, you know, $9 million cheaper than Danny Green. His replacement is going to be starting soon. Uh, KCP resigned uh, and Marquise resigned. That's huge for our team. Anthony Davis is yet to resign. Kyle Kuzma is still here. Um, Montrez Harrell, which we're going to talk about. And then and Mark Gasol. Um, from the Raptors. So my biggest impression um, when I saw these, and I'll pass it over to you after this, is, you know, when, when I saw these acquisitions, you know, Dennis Schroeder and Wesley Matthews got me excited from a team perspective and fit perspective, mm-hmm. um, as well as our re-signings and stuff. But our replacement at the center position, so for Dwight and JaVale, we got Montrez Harrell and Marcus Gasol. Mainly, first of all, all these additions we saw play really great in the bubble, and they actually made the yeah. for the team. So we got winning players. I want to add that as well. The simple fact that we were able to get Montrez Harrell from across the hall—it's not even about what he can't do. Or like people were talking like, "Oh, he's horrible in the bubble." Yada yada yada. The fact that we were able to take such a big voice and you know someone part of their culture and add him to our team—I was more so excited for the fact that we took that away from their team, one of our biggest contenders, actually. And added it to our team. And you could say the same thing from Microsoft from the Raptors perspective and Wesley Matthews, who played, you know, the eighth man on the Bucks, who could potentially be a finals opponent. So without even getting to their skills, just the subtraction by addition that we did was 
absolutely masterful by Rob Palenka. And I just wanted to make that note. What really stood out to you from the, from the Lakers perspective with these signings? Sure. I think just to jump off of like what you said, I kind of have to disagree with you in saying that Harold was like a major component to the Clippers success. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, like in the bubble, he was kind of the reason for their downfall um, because he just couldn't guard Jokic at all. And I mean, he struggled because he's an undersized center. Like he struggled against Gobert as well. Um, like you could just, you could just tell at like points in the bubble, like, you know, this guy could not play against big centers and he yeah, doesn't have I meant to more from a culture perspective, like, you know, the regular yeah. season, like grit and grind and kind of thing, but I completely agree from a talent perspective. He yeah. was not all the way there. Right? And, and he doesn't have to on this team. He doesn't have to guard on this team, but like when he initially signed and there was no other center, I was kind of worried because the Lakers were losing size and you know, it, it worried me, but I mean, in reality, like even then the Lakers still had like Anthony Davis at center, but these signings are massive because they took a team with a bunch of people who were quite honestly in the decline of their careers and flipped them around. Like Avery Bradley was not like, they took a chance on him, quote unquote, right? Dwight Howard also, they took a chance on Dwight. Um, JaVale was, you know, basically a veteran ring chaser uh, who has value in the market, obviously, but yeah, he wasn't worth much. KCP, not, not like a, like he, he was like, he's been on Lakers for a few years, but you know, he wasn't exactly a considered a championship caliber player. Exactly. Um, and then Marquise Morris as well, you know, nobody envisioned a chance, like no one envisioned him as a championship player either. So take a bunch of people, make them first time champions is huge, especially huge. when they're in their, you know, in the later stages of their career, then you trade away a bunch of them, get players that are reputed champions and reputed good players like Wesley Matthews and Marcus all, which are like, it's ridiculous how they got Marcus all. I think that is such an underrated signing by them. Yeah. They got a guy who can pass the freaking ball and like, yeah. he's arguably playing some of the better defense defense in his career. You know, exactly. He, and he's a former defensive player of the year candidate as well. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. I want to touch on all these signings uh, real quick. Just to bounce off Marcus all we talked about Montrez already. Um, real quick on Montrez, I did think I agree with you. Um, one of my predictions was going to be I wanted us to get Serge Ibaka or Tristan Thompson, and he yeah. was neither of them. I was very. I think that's like top two, top three biggest surprises of the offseason, other than the fact that Gordon Hayward got thirty million. Um, Marcus all is a former Defensive Player of the Year, and you know. He, I had someone, I had a friend comment on this signing because he was watching as well in my DMs. He was saying, it's not as great of a signing as you think he is. JaVale's way better. Like Gasol couldn't even move during the Celtics Raptors series. And I was just thinking of the perspective like, this was the last season, this is the last signing. And it's like, he's replacing JaVale McGee, who played half a quarter. Yeah, he, he averaged would, six minutes in the bubble. If you, I watched, the dude I showed up at the start, and the dude he just literally showed up at the start. You could see he averages eight minutes a game. All they would do afterwards just stagger Dwight and Anthony Davis and LeBron. Like is playing four sometimes in the five too. Like yeah. it does not matter like at all. Like he's replacing a guy, and he has so much more to offer. I'll trust him if he doesn't move on defense for six eight minutes. But the fact that he can shoot. And the he fact can make that he's plays. Can be a good locker room guy, he can make plays. Um, <laughs> so much. Give him tw- like, I trust him for 15 minutes out there too. It's not a high risk uh, signing, and but it could be very, very high reward. 
Um, moving into the forward slash guard position, Wesley Matthew, I'm not going to spend too much time on. His numbers are nearly identical. I looked at all of them, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, from Danny Green. And he just does that at a cheaper rate, obviously. But just just phenomenal player. And I was looking at some of his highlights. Dude, the, the guy can actually dribble. The yeah, guy can actually that's dribble. What I was about to say. And I was, I was literally praising God, like, oh, my God. We have a dude that can dribble and drive to the hoop and make plays for himself. And I am so happy because, like, Ridiculous. Who would have thought I'd been so, so like drained of like a guy at the guard position that can dribble and get his own shot? But here we are. I'm praising Wesley Matthews because he can do that. And last but not least, Dennis Schroeder, the original trade before, um, you know, everything went down. Just a, an amazing guy. Uh, I think he's going to be great in crunch time for us. You know, had that he was part of that five man clutch lineup for the uh, mm-hmm. for the Thunder. Um, that was you know huge offensively. That always produced. Uh, make plays, make plays for others, spot up shootings going well in his defense. Like you definitely, um, <laughs> you know, got, got on me about he, he's an improving shooter. I'll give you that. And then I think the re-signs were just as important. I, I didn't see KCP going anywhere. And Markeith was amazing today. He re-signed as well. Yeah. I'm going to give KCP more credit than you. I mean, he definitely got paid. I don't want another average season from him. He's got to show up and so does Markeith. So I was really impressed. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we have a good team moving forward. Yeah, and the Lakers. Yeah, and and I think uh, not on the Lakers, but Priscilla so on LeBron. I think yeah. um, the question, the I mean, the argument can be made that this guy is about to play on the best team he's ever played on in his entire career. Wow, and that's 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 a lot. I, I you could say it's a lot, but if you look at the teams that he's played on, yeah. like the the teams that come to your mind are the 2016-17 Cavs, right? The way yeah. the finals, and then you yeah. got the the twelve thirteen Heat. Um, yeah, you know that repeated, and I think this team is better than both of those teams. You don't have yeah. a third best player, but you have a collection of guys. Yeah, a collection of guys who are phenomenal. And your second best guy to LeBron is Anthony Davis, who arguably at the time was a, it, like the, the LeBron Anthony Davis pairing is better than the Dwayne Wade LeBron pairing. Yeah, um, and I like, think every, it's safe to say the duo. I think people you would not be crazy if you called LeBron's. AD LeBron's best teammate. Yeah, and and the reason being is because their games just match each other, you know, like so well. And and like yeah, the the pick and roll is crazy. You can have you like with Anthony Davis, you have a guy who can either get to the basket, or like you saw those crazy transition passes where Anthony Davis is already on the other side of the court. LeBron just catches and throws it to Anthony Davis, right? Like that was like yeah. six to eight points a game for them. And exactly, you guaranteed. And like you also have like and Anthony Davis could like you know play on the perimeter. I don't know. Like they fit each other. And then the next guy, you don't really know, but any given night on this team, somebody's going to show up, whether it's Wesley Matthews, KCP, Keith, um, for all you know, like, you know, Kyle Kuzma, you know, Marcus Saul. I can see Marcus Saul getting more than 15 minutes a game. Cause like this guy is that playmaker from the post that they've never, that, that, they, that they can explore in ways that they weren't able to this past season. You know, you know, if things work out well, because, you know, uh, the reports are they wanted to get another center so Anthony Davis can exclusively play it at power forward. And, and they did what that. happened last year is the starting center, JaVale McGee, averaged eight, and then Dwight had 25 <laughs> minutes total, um, which left a lot of minutes to spare. AD is the only big, um, yeah. thus rendering him the five. But to your point, Harrell and Gasol, why can't they split down the middle? They just go 24-24 at center. Um, you exactly. know, allow AD to operate where he wants to operate. And I, I would trust in a regular season um, crunch time game, 
take your pick, Harold or Gasol. I think I'll lean towards Gasol for the experience reasons. Of course. Um, but there's no, no reason. I mean, I think they kept Anthony Davis healthy there. Um, I think, you know what, you that, – that's a hot take for sure. I think we will definitely see that narrative pick up if we see the Lakers go on uh, a 10, you know, 13-0 uh, season start. Um, I think there's more all-around talent on this team, um, but that's definitely a narrative that can be discussed because um, you could look at the bench, um, thinking of those teams right now, Matthew Dellavedova, Channing Fry, Iman Shumpert, um, Mozgov, uh, Tristan Thompson. I'm thinking of the other guys as well. These are, these are known guys. These are gritty guys. Um, but you can make the case for this as well. Um, I would need to see a lot, how Schroeder fits on this team, how Matthews fits on this team, and the new acquisitions total fit on this team, and if KCP is going to take a step back. But if it's all rolling, dude, and if Kyle Kuzma obviously is going to be expected to uh, produce as well, him entering an extension year, um, there's no reason why, you know, if the record shows for it, why can't this be LeBron's best team? So I like that take a lot. Yeah, I think it's definitely a proving season for Kyle Kuzma. Um, I I hope that, you know, he at least gets more minutes. um, Because I feel like Ronda took a lot of his playing style away from him during the regular season. And I was going to say, like, you know, Rondo did facilitate a lot of the other players and make them made them look a lot better than they actually are. Um, But my counterpoint to your overall point, which is this could be LeBron's best team ever. Maybe Schroeder can fit that role and put people in the right positions. We have to see. We definitely have to see. Um, Do you want to move on to your next winner? I think we talked about the Lakers enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, To me, the next team that I think kind of stood out is the Bucks. They kind of blew it with the Bogdanovich trade. Um, yeah. I was actually listening to a little bit about that from Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor. And essentially yeah. the, the point was that they got the deal done before free agency started. Didn't give yeah. him a chance to look at any other teams exactly. or any teams to like pitch to him. And that obviously is wrong. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is why like him going from the Kings to the Bucks is like not going to happen. And I think yeah. that's like, they might get, you know, that was their penalty, but they got Drew Holiday and yeah. that all incentive we've talked about it in the podcast before. So I don't know if we have to like get into the details, but you know, they kept DiVincenzo, which I think was a big, a big move for them. It's going to be weird this. him back on the team knowing uh, they were ready to trade him. Yeah, but it's you good. Know what it reminds me of, you know what it reminds me of when Lamar got traded for Chris Paul and his career did not recover after that. Oh my God. That was got, tragic. He refused to go back to Lakers. He got traded to Dallas, like barely showed up for them. And then, Signed a one-year deal with the Clippers and retired after that. Yeah. I mean, he felt betrayed, but I think with DiVincenzo, like he's a young guy. Being involved in some trade talks is obviously part of the deal, but I think the Bucks weren't like that happy to get let him go. He was just a good asset that they that you know just showed up on the block for them that they could get rid of, but and get some value for. And you know, keeping a rebounding guard is honestly, I think, a win in their books. They lost Wesley Matthews, but um, I, I just think that they go into this season being a, a strong defensive team with a defensive mindset. Um, and Drew is definitely a better pickup. And getting rid of Bledsoe and George Hill, I think, is huge. Um, just because, you know, and Ilyasova. You know. I, uh, I was super, super impressed. Um, the reason I, I was hesitant to agree with you before I saw their acquisitions, but now seeing them and remembering all these, they got DJ Augustine, Bryn oh, I didn't even know that. Tory Craig from the Nuggets and Bobby Portis, I believe, from either the Bulls or the Knicks. I think the Knicks. That dude was um, a, that dude was a beast. 
yeah, the, Bobby Portis very statistically sound as a backup center uh, over Brooke Lopez. They, um, I think the narrative after the failed Bogdanovich trade and the Drew Holiday trade is like, okay, cool, you, you, you sold your future. But one injury to any of these guys, um, your depth is not good enough for, to, for it to maintain. And they solved that instantly. Um, they still have Chris Middleton and Giannis as their big two. Um, but DJ Augustine is a guy who like single-handedly beat the Bucks in the playoffs in that first game. Like he's a killer. <laughs> they literally got that, him back. That's yeah, cool. literally, and and hit the and hit that game winner uh, in Toronto. Remember uh, of that course, game yeah. one? That was, um, nasty. that was huge. I watched that live. That was insane. Bryn Forbes is so sound. Um, I love his game. Every time I put on a Spurs game, I love his game. He is so smooth and fundamentally sound. Yeah. Tory Craig is just a do it do everything guy. He's definitely going to get minutes. Um, behind Pat Connaughton, who they kept, who's a high flyer. Torrey Craig's like, you know, flying all over the place, can defend. Um, it's just going to bolster their uh, defense even more at the two or three guard. Um, so I am very impressed. They're now, and then Bobby Portis is super sound. Now, like we said for Steph Curry in the previous pod, um, there is, I don't think there's any, I mean, maybe Kawhi or PG, there is no pressure greater than on the reigning two-time MVP right now. That he has such a to big translate. decision. You know what? No, I don't even care about Kawhi right now because um, he has such a looming decision ahead about the Supermax, which, which we can or can't, can't get into uh, up to you. We can get into um, it. I'm down. About just so much that you're riding on, so many destinations, Miami, all this stuff. Like, what do you want to do? You know, it's, this means so much to the entire league because Milwaukee, a small market team, has such a – superstar they've never had since Lou Alcindor um, that has a chance to make the finals. And I like how you called them Lou Alcindor. <laughs> you got to know the facts, bro. You got to know the origins, <laughs> the NBA origins. So, I mean, I love Giannis. I'm a big fan of Giannis. Uh, I think he's a top five player. Um, but the facts are undeniable. This guy has choked, like we've discussed before, in the playoffs twice. It can't be a third. I mean, every NBA legend has had their failing moments. Um, the greatest of all time has, has hit the wall before they succeed. Uh, Jordan with the Pistons, LeBron with the Celtics, uh, Kobe with the Celtics as well, and the Spurs, you can go down the list. Um, but this guy, it, the time is now, pretty much. And I just think Giannis is a ton of pressure ahead of him this season. I think his game is just a little different than all those guys you've listed before him. And, you know, with the center style play, that can also, he's like a center that can dribble the ball and pass. Um, which obviously a better version of Shaq, dude. Imagine Shaq and Magic combined. Yeah, and it's really cool to watch, and obviously, like experience. But you know, he's still a young guy. He can develop a jumper, hopefully, like you said. Um, you know, but the pressure is on, and for Milwaukee, the pressure was on, and they delivered to the best oh, yeah. of their the front, abilities. Front office, that's why they're a winner. Yeah, and and like they showed Giannis, like, look, we're willing to go all in. We got you the best possible guard we could get, and while Drew selling Holiday. our future at the same time. Yeah, like we're showing you that we are committed to you. It's up to you, Giannis. And I mean, there's been a lot of rumors apparently that he is like, you know, leaning towards signing that supermax. Correct. With with the Bucks, which is good for which small market smart. teams. Yeah. But I mean, it kind of begs to question, like, does that mean that? he can get another star to come play with him in the future because is he going to sign the Supermax and then go out and recruit for a secondary player moving into, I mean, no offense to Chris Middleton, but like, you know, getting that guy that can 
you know, really seal the deal for them and be that missing piece that, you know, can help them get past the Lakers or get past uh, the Clippers or well, any other that's Western the thing. conference team. They, they are hoping that, you know, Drew Holiday can see this culture and what they're about. And I like the, t- uh, the Bucs as, uh, as a whole. Um, they have a good coach, whether, you know, you want to talk about the minute stuff, whatever. They have a good culture overall. You never hear any complaints out of Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, they've built a good culture around Giannis. I think that would be good for Drew Holiday. Maybe not like a five-year, like, oh, I want to, you know, chase this uh, career kind of thing. I think he'll fit in well. He's a solid locker guy. He's going to fit in, like, really well. And it's going to be enough for him to stay. And, um, you know, once they get, you know, a lot of free space uh, from these people they've signed that are also expiring deals, um, they can rework some contracts and maybe come in and see, you know, what and other free agents are going to see what they've built. Maybe uh, a run to the finals. If this team, I think the ceiling for this team is obviously winning the championship. But if Giannis has a monstrous series versus Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and shows he's the best player on the court, uh, versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the finals, you don't think a lot of free agents are going to think like, okay, it's Milwaukee, but I, I have a chance to win a ring here. Like, sign me up, you know? I mean, yeah. we saw, uh, you know, the roster's not done yet, but, you know, the Lakers are getting, uh, you know, people to sign as well based on their culture. Uh, hell, the Heat took one of our, uh, took our sh- starting shooting guard because of their culture. That was the sole reason he left us for the team that we beat in the finals. Yeah. Um, so, I I have a question for you. If you were Giannis's close friend uh, upcoming this season, no matter what, like, what are you thinking right now? Like, knowing his skill set right now, his vision, his determination, and the team uh, setup right now, are you are you thinking he's leaning towards signing? Would you tell him to lean towards signing it, or you know, keep his options open and you know maybe consider more than what people know to to go elsewhere? I mean, if I were him, I wouldn't sign the supermax because. Even though the team is committed to you, like, I think he would be a great additional piece somewhere else that would guarantee him a championship if, like, that's the route I'm trying to go. Has, like, a, has a championship ever been guaranteed, though? Yeah, when Kevin Durant sent to the Warriors. Literally, nah. I've never seen a team But think about the team the before that. In the off season. <laughs> think Literally. about the team before that, though. That was the greatest team of all time beforehand. Is there any team right the now that and nine? 73 win and 9? Yeah. I don't think they're the greatest team of all time. I mean, okay, they, okay. they were dominant, but then sure. they were also okay. down 3-1, and then they blew a 3-1 lead too. So Okay, that's not the greatest team of all time. So what, the 2017 Warriors with KD? Like, whatever you want to call it. I'm just saying, like, that was top five greatest team of all time, right? There is no team right now as impressive the Miami Heat's been, as impressive the Dallas Mavericks have been, you know, as, their, as you know, his rumored destinations that are at that level of success, right? That's I'm going sure. to guarantee him a championship. I'm sure. If I'm they, sure. They would be more the competitive. Mavericks, if the Mavericks get Giannis, it's it's a three-way tie between the Mavericks, Lakers, and Clippers. We have to see. Uh, Luka's young. KP's injury-prone. Um, but that's going to be, you know, star-studded. It's not going to be easy getting past them. Would I give them the edge? Maybe. But then again, their surrounding the cast, they don't know. And Luka Doncic, like, yeah, he's proven right now. But can he play off-ball? How are their games going to fit? If Giannis goes to Miami, you have two shooters, Jimmy Butler, Giannis and Bam. Okay, that's great. You have Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the East. Boston's still together. And then you have the Lakers and Clippers still to do. I I don't think it's a runaway. That's my overall point, as it was in 2017. That's my overall point. So I I think we should be really careful when we say guaranteeing a championship because that's only happened like maybe once or twice in recent history. 
because uh, we saw we saw what happened in 2011. Okay, I I, I definitely get that. I, I get your point. I think that the better term would be to then say that you know he you're not guaranteeing a championship, but like if he were to sign with the Heat, for instance, the favorites. They would be the favorites coming out of the East, and yeah. I also think that you know the Milwaukee Bucks have to make the finals this year for him to oh, yeah. consider like re-signing and saying, okay, I'm going to run it back because Absolutely. the pressure is on him to like, make wait, did you say make the finals or win the championship? Make the finals. I don't know if they're okay. going to win the championship. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, I agree. The, the I Lakers agree. have a really strong team and you know, Giannis lacks experience in getting to the Eastern conference finals and to the finals. And right now with the team they have, they are poised. I think to make the finals, even though, you know, I, I think the Nets are going to be a pretty big challenge to overcome. Um, That's my point. I think um, they can, if, a, they can, if he can overcome the Nets, if he can overcome the Nets and they get to the finals, I think he's proven a point that, you know. I'll, I think he team. likes Milwaukee so much and the culture there as well that even if they are in a close series with the Nets and fall short, I think I think he gives them a chance and be like, wow, like we were right there. We just need camaraderie. We need, uh, uh, you know, cohesion. One more year together. Run it back. I think he stays. If they lose in five games, just like this past season, um, to the Nets, yeah, 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 to the Nets, Celtics, anyone. If they lose in five, oh, blow it up. It's over. There's no, there's no question about it. If they lose in the second round again, I think it's over for sure. Um, But all, all I think is they. A, need a competitive series against the Nets and lose. B, make the finals. Or C, win the championship. I think he stays in all scenarios. Because, I like, the dude's IG is filled with him of just goofing off at practice with his teammates and stuff like that. That dude loves where he's at. I was arguing with some fools in my mentions, like, uh, oh, yeah, well, like, players were doing that, you know, on their IG and, like, still left their team. I'm like, what are you talking about? This that man has – no one's, like, no one's forced someone to post practice highlights and then two, three months later is like a sayonara. Like, I'm out of here. I mean, like you Kyle could Lowry say that. was cheering on uh, Kyle Lowry was cheering on Kawhi Leonard um, at the parade, like saying five more years and stuff like that. Kawhi was to himself. He was being Kawhi and just like mums the word and stuff like that. There was no indication at all. Like, he was sure. Back. And he you didn't. can, you can say that, but at the same time, like nowadays, the, the, like the NBA has changed so much to the point where it doesn't really matter what team you play for or like the team in general. I think arguably speaking, like people are moving around a lot more nowadays than they were back in the day. Um, like, you know, free agency wise, like you see players just signing where they can get the best deals. But I think and, that's you know, my point. Like Giannis is, Giannis is built different. Like that's my overall point. <laughs> I, I really believe that. No, I, I mean, he, he, he is he built is, different. And, and like the way he does thinks. He and the, with other players? Not at all. No, no. And, and like he does have that, you know, that, that very strong mentality. But I think at the same time, like he's also the type of guy to like make the right decision for his career. Like I can see him sign with one more team and then stay with that team for the rest of his, for the rest of his career whether they win or lose. And, and that could be, you know, the, the Heat, the Mavericks, whoever the hell knows, man. Like, he could possibly go to a team that's not good and get two other free agents to sign with him, and yeah, they create a super quiet. team. Yeah. And, and you could, like, like, you know, what if you see him in New York next I don't think this is going to happen, but imagine him going to New York and, you know, like, pulling two free agents in. That'd be ridiculous, gotcha. right? Um, and, like, there he creates his own team, his own culture, his own willingness to win and all that stuff. But 
I mean, to that point, it looks like you know he's gonna sign with Milwaukee, and I think we can kind of switch gears here if you don't um, mind. Before, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, pick out a winner. I don't want you to look at your screen though. I was looking sure. at some depth charts. I want you to just guess how many players OKC has at this moment on their roster. If they gave up Stephen Adams, they gave up a bunch of players. I think they have six. Signed to their ro- like on their roster. OKC. How many players do you think they have? They got SGA. I don't think Dortz is signed, is he? Um just like total I... players, because do you know how many trades and first round picks and movements they've been making, right? So just throw out a number. How many people are signed to their oh roster? Oh my god. I honestly the Lakers have like 12, 13, right? So how many players do you think they have? I don't know if I could tell you because they traded away Danny Green. They traded every damn player away for picks. Yeah, but they (laughs) – Do you give up? Should I just tell you? I think it might be like either from two to six. Bro, the OKC Thunder have 24 people signed to the roster right now. What? Yeah, because they got a bunch of like, you know, draft rights, things like that. So they have to make some cuts. But they have 24 players. 24? Why did I think that they had no one? Yeah, Dude, I, I did. I couldn't think. I couldn't think of one person. What? Because obviously, with some picks, you're gonna get some like you know foreign players like contract, right? Like their draft rights to the oh, 2016 yeah, yeah. 58th pick. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, that was just a side note. I think it was hilarious. Um, I'm so that's, happy you said the Bucks because crazy. now I can say you know the team I thought had the best off season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny because in college, uh, one of like my roommates and I had like a Dame versus Russ debate. And I was team West. <laughs> wow, you just ruined it, dude. Team of the Thunder. You just um, ruined it. <laughs> uh, uh, but now here I am, like wholeheartedly, like seeing this guy's progression, just like rooting for his team. Uh, it's the Portland Trailblazers. I think um, oh, yeah. what they did during this offseason and just getting talent. Like I didn't know, like no one was mentioning them as a team with like a ton of cap space and stuff like that. But they did it, dude. They traded back for Ennis Cantor. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Collins is returning back healthy. They traded Trevor Ariza for a younger version of what Trevor Ariza does, which is Robert Covington from the from the Rockets. Excuse me, just mm-hmm. an incredible signing. He's going to start for them. Resign Carmelo, which I think is a big move, and you know, just a great, great pairing. Uh, the city, the culture, the organization, and that type of yeah. player. Ronnie Hood coming back from an Achilles, something to prove. Derek Jones Jr. From the Eastern Conference champions. He wasn't playing a lot, kind of their 10, 11, 12 man. We know how high he can fly. Dunk Contest champion looking to, you know, really solidify himself and earn some minutes on the basketball court. Gary mm-hmm. Trent Jr., this guy's a straight yeah, sniper returning uh, from the bubble as well. Don't mess with him at all. And you obviously had Dame, CJ, and then Anthony Simons coming off. I swear they had more. Harry, Harry Giles, I think a lot of people, you know, appreciate his game a ton. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot more that I thought I got signed, but. Um, I think I, I think the Blazers have done a great job. I tweeted this last week. Dame and CJ led the league in minutes last year, um, and that's not by default because they had to take on such a heavy load uh, with their team, scoring 120, 130, 140, um, and kind of was just rotating through the same six guys. And, you know, the ability now to have some depth at each position and just have some backup options. I'll read you their bench lineup. Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, um, Zach Collins, and Ennis Cancer. Like, that team can hold their own in the second and third quarter, and you don't have to worry. You can watch Dame and CJ's minutes, stagger their minutes, stagger the forwards' minutes with Mello, Covington. There's so many options for Terry Stotts to go here. And um, I was saying this on Twitter the other day. I think I think the Portland Trailblazers, they – I was telling you today, actually, I, this is my hot take. You said one. 
there is no reason I doubt in the regular season with this kind of health and depth, why can't they get the number one seed with LeBron West resting um, and the Clippers kind of in flux and still kind of the same. There's no reason why they can't be on a regular season trajectory um, to get the number one seed in the West. I, I don't, I, I don't see why not. They have the talent. Um, they were the third seed uh, three years ago and you know, their players just coming back even better. So I, I think Portland can get the one seed. Will they maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think they won the offseason for sure with, with their depth, and that's the main issue that they solve for them. I definitely agree with you, man. I think – I mean, I don't know if they'll get the one seed. They might end up with, like, the third seed, but they're definitely our top three team in the West because the Nuggets kind of – I honestly thought you, – you were correcting me today, but the Nuggets lost, you know, some good players. Um, but you might, see, you might see a step up from Michael Porter Jr. on their end, but it's like overall the Portland team is just much more solid. And I think that they have a lot of shooters. And yes. I'm just curious to see how, I guess, Damian Lillard is going to facilitate the ball a little bit more and, like, what that backcourt is going to do in terms of, you know, moving the ball around and stuff. Because when you have these many shooters, like, you got to make sure that everyone gets a shot off at least. And I think you'll probably see that a little bit more happening with Anthony Simons. But... Like, I'm just curious as to see how this offense is going to run. Defensively, they'll be all right. I mean, they got Robert Covington, who will kind of yeah, help exactly. with their wing defense. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, I don't know if he's, like, a particularly amazing defender. He's Yeah. He gets the job done, I guess. Um, and Melo, we know he has his own defensive fallacies. I don't think that dude can guard anyone at his age. Agreed. But... Defensive, defensively, is going to be a problem. Uh, yeah. Um, they also have Whiteside as a free agent. I don't think um, he's coming back. I also don't know back. where the money is, but I think he'll go to a lottery team. He's 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 like a meme for sure. But dude, he was doing well for my fantasy team last year, bro. Like he was leading the league at some point in blocks, and yeah. his field goal percentage was high, and he got a lot of rebounds too, like a lot, averaging eleven and twelve. I don't know if it's like a locker room thing, but you know, just another lob threat for Damon CJ. I think he enjoyed playing there. Get him back for cheap. I don't know how much money they have. Nurkic, Whiteside, Cancer. And Giles, like, come on, like that is as well. Collins too, like I don't know. Whiteside's the type of guy that like needs, like he needs his own role. And I feel like on this team, he definitely would not be. Like he'd be a third, second, third string at best. I I, I see him going to a lottery team. I don't know. Like maybe he'll go to the Knicks or, the, or like yeah, maybe no. Maybe he'll go to the Pistons because the Pistons are stacking up on big men. Like they're gonna run a five center squad. It's kind of ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, but we, yeah, we have some time here, and since we're kind of focusing on the stars here, what what do you see from Dame? Um, we we know how he's kind of ascended the last couple of years, getting a lot of attention. But with Steph back and stuff, what do you see his career outlook look like? For he's obviously in his prime. We we can get that out of the way. Oh, what yeah. what do his next two to three years sort of look like for him? What does he need to prove? Uh, what does he need his team to do? Um, and how far can he take them? And, and what do you see from uh, this year, next year, and maybe the year after that? Uh, I think Dame is like one of those guys that's built different, like you said about Giannis. <laughs> yeah. Because the guy, different? the guy, the, the reason why I say that is because like, you know, he loves staying with Portland. He is adamant about, you know, getting them to the playoffs and yeah. his ridiculous effort that he puts in, in every single game mm -hmm. is like unhurt. Like I don't see it with any other player in the league other than like Russell Westbrook. Absolutely. Uh, like he has like this intensity behind the way he plays and he, and he just mm -hmm. like, like there were a lot of times where like last year this dude literally just backpacked that team 
and got them across the finish line. And yeah. it like I think that the most notable fact is like when him and CJ had like 80 points combined against the Warriors, um, and the Warriors still like yeah. throttled them, which is like the, the entire. I think that's the epitome of that guy's career. This yeah. guy has like a phenomenal team always. Like he he's a phenomenal player, but he doesn't have necessarily the most phenomenal team backing him. Correct. Um, and then they lead to have that leads them to have like some crazy regular season stats and like a regular season where they're like you know the top three. But when it comes to the playoffs, they start falling apart because yeah, the, like the teams that are better, like they just can't beat any team in a four game. Competition is tough, dude. Yeah, it's and I feel really bad tough. for him. I really feel bad for him. But I think like what you can see and uh, moving forward. He could be that guy that can convince a younger player to come and sign. And oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Know, maybe like four or five years down the line, you see like them. Why not sooner? Up. I mean, I don't know what the contracts are looking like for 25 and under. Um, yeah. but like, if, like, in, like, I think a crazy trade that could be very doable is if the Sixers yeah. are looking to acquire Harden. Maybe yeah. if you get Portland involved, you can try to get Embiid. Try to get Embiid. Yeah, that, 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 could, that could be something. Yeah, that could be something. I mean, you I think get, that team's ready for a championship. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Portland's always one or two pieces away from like, yeah, literally one major contending. Piece away. Yeah, literally one major piece away from from making a like making contention, and Damian Lillard has put them on the map. And I think his career and his legacy, whether he wins a championship or not, like, Agreed. he's Still a Hall of like he he could be a Hall of Famer if he continues. I think he's like a Hall of Famer right now. Next Honestly, to, mm, like, what are the accolades he has to his name? Probably like six-time All-Star, and if you know how the Hall of Fame works, that's pretty much all you need, and I'm, like every Blazer record and stuff like that. Sure, team, but like Clyde uh, <laughs> there, <laughs> it's really yeah, shit. Yeah, I guess, but I, I would still like. What would you say uh, with a small move, like, because they de- definitely need someone in their front court? What would you say if they made an addition to Damon CJ? And got someone like not like killer, but like a Sabonis or Vucevic. How far does those that are both, those them? are both killers, bro? What are you talking about? They're, that, they're phenomenal well, players, but they're borderline all stars, though. That's what I'm saying. Is like, does that and, and Nurkic statistically is on a lower level than, than them for sure, but not out of the ballpark of those kind of production numbers? Does that kind of acquisition in the front court elevate them in like in the LA LA conversation? I think they need a defensive big. So defensive big. I don't Embiid know. is just like Embiid is just like big three, like you know, like it. They're there. Yeah. But, you know, in that, terms he of would like be that major ascension, piece, in my opinion. But a major piece in like, but he would be, like, it would be tough to get. You know, in terms of a trade and stuff like that, because oh, yeah. the six. I don't know how like, it would work. He's the best big in the league in some circles. So, um, him and Anthony Davis, like in the East Coast, he's definitely the best big. So. Um, it would be tough moves. I was thinking more of a lower scale. Um, maybe you could maybe you team. could trade for Clint Capella. Like he would yeah, be uh, not? that could get you I, that. I have to study Nurkic's game more um, because I know Capella is more of a lob threat and Nurkic is more of a back to the basket guy. So their games are definitely opposite. But I'm not sure if that's what. Um, Damon Capella's CJ got more right size. Now. Capella's yeah. got more size and length and length. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the team also could utilize a guy who can, I guess, block some more shots and absolutely, you know, jump. And um, yeah, last thing I just like their their scores. Hood is gonna be well, you know, it's like easily fifteen point score. Mellow fifteen point score. Rocco gonna be a catch and shoot guy. Derek Jones Jr. athleticism. So the depth they got is all over the place, dude. Like another shooting Gary Trent Jr. Like 
it's not repetitive and that's what i love and like cannot stop like praising them for it's just like diverse depth and i just love that for them um we gotta we got we got time uh as of now um just to recap i'm gonna slide in a quick winner right now because we don't really need to talk about them more and then we could go one you and one me and and kind of call it then Uh, i'm just gonna give a shout out to the brooklyn nets real fast and then you can hear with the the different winner yeah i do because um you know along the lakers lines they made some very very small moves um that you know when you have a championship ready team you're kind of you're kind of in in lockstep right you're, you're in a log jam in saying like okay we're, we're kind of tight uh, contractually but what can we do this guy's always been off and on but they got jeff green on a one-year deal you everyone has a different opinion about jeff green but that guy has been in a lot of playoff games knows sure. a lot of guys in the league and okay. it's proven to you know drop you know 16 17 18 points empty stats bro game. Empty stats. Empty stats, but he he was the second leading scorer um, in that game seven with LeBron to get to get them to the finals in twenty eighteen. <laughs> all so, right, bro. We all know that that team. Okay, well, I guess okay. um, they re-signed Joe Harris, which was huge. He's going to start soon. They got Landry Shamit in that three-team trade that we saw uh, during the draft, which is huge. Shamit has been in, in a lot of playoff games, and he's going to be really good. Um, so I just wanted to. And Torian Prince is already there. Um, I just wanted to shout out them because I think those are a solid couple moves to bolster their bench and really just solidify that, hey, we're going toe-to-toe with Milwaukee and we're not scared with anyone. Um, so I just want to give them a quick shout out because, I mean, when you sign Kyrie and KD, you're kind of just waiting. It's a waiting game, but they didn't wait. Mm-hmm. They uh, made some more additions. Um, we still have to see what they do with Dinwiddie, but I, I like the small things that they could control. They capitalize on it. So I want to give them props for sure. Who, who's, who's your next winner? Um, I see two. Uh, on my list, but we'll see. Let's see if you see one. Sure. Uh, before I jump into that, though, I just want to comment. Like, I don't think the Brooklyn Nets have as much of a. You can't decide if they're a winner or not yet, because I don't want to see how they're going to flip Dinwiddie or Levert, because that's well, where... not a winner, but like based on what, and I think they, they made good moves. Similar. They made good. They moves. made they made good moves, but they're but okay, they're already good as is. So if you're their GM, like. How can you win the offseason? If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, how can I win the offseason? Okay, I don't need to get a star player. I'm not like these other teams. I don't need to get a, you know, a fourth, fifth, sixth play- man. I don't need to do that. That's mm-hmm. already set. What are some of the small moves on the waiver wire that I can bolster my offense and have uh, Coach Nash uh, you know, have some options uh, offensively and defensively? Uh, Landry Shamit's another shooter. Besides Joe Harris, I don't really see someone shooting at that clip. Um, and you know, their bigs are exclusively big bigs. Torian sure. Prince isn't much of a shooter. Durant is an ISO score. Kyrie's an ISO score. So that's a huge pickup. Shamit is huge in shooting 40% yeah. uh, on the Clippers and Jeff green. He, he is good with, uh, like as a veteran, Deandre Jordan, I'm sure is friends with him. KD played with him in, in, in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma city and Kyrie, I'm sure loves him too. So, um, you know, it's that veteran presence that's really going to help out the maturity and the professionals of this team. It's just, it's just a little thing sometimes. Sure. I, I, I guess I can say, I see your point, but I need to see a little bit more out of them because they, I, I just want to see them. Fl- I want to see what they get in return for one of those guys. And I think that can really, really determine, um, you know, where they kind of move forward um, within those regular season. But I, I mean, if I had to choose a team that, you know, made some solid moves, I think it was Goran Dragic and the Miami Heat. Um, okay. I bring up Goran Dragic because, dude, I think he balled out as much as he could in the in the playoffs. 
and you know his injury is unfortunate, but the Miami paying him, and then also getting Avery Bradley, I think, like like you said, you know they don't need to make many changes. They made it to the finals. They're you know a contender once again moving forward, and you know I think this signing shows to a lot of players in the league that the Heat are willing to pay up for their best guy and also take care of their players. You yeah. don't you don't see that from a lot of players. Like there's been a lot of shit about the Suns today because the Suns Definitely. didn't do that. They literally traded away Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre without even telling them, you know? And yeah. like that that made them very upset obviously and they commented on um social media and like you see Miami completely different culture, a completely different yeah. vibe, you know, they're willing to step up and pay. And I mean before people say that doesn't matter like I know the Lakers didn't land Kawhi, but that was like one of the things that was said about how Kobe was paid, you know, even when he was kind of getting out of his prime in 2014 to 2016, right? Yeah. And, and that's like a big case why, you know, people like playing for the Lakers because the Lakers, you know, all they got your back. Their players. Yeah. And taking care of your players is huge. And I think with Goran getting this signing just kind of sh- like shows potential free agents in the future, you know, that are older, like, hey, look, you can play for Miami. If something happens to you, we got your back. We got you covered. You'll get paid. I and agree. It's like an underrated signing to get Avery Bradley too. And I think Avery Bradley provides, I think I was telling you, you weren't really necessarily agreeing. He's that impact player that they don't have defensively. I refuse to get on into the squad. With you. I know you refuse to get into it with me, bro, but I'm just telling you, like Avery Bradley is a we, good that's defender. How we, that's how we get into, you know, that two Sure. But like, but like what I'm basically. Don't lie to the people though. Don't lie to the people. You literally said. On Miami, I think he can be that third guy. Yeah, he can I be think that third guy on on on, 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 on on any given night. He can be the third guy. I'm not saying he's going to be the third guy on every night. I think he's going to be the third guy on some nights. Uh, he can be the guy, you know, whether that's him playing defensively, offensively. Like you can see this guy maybe get like 20 points in a game where he'll be that third guy because that team, that team, truthfully speaking was run out of the building by just, you know, with other players on other teams, namely LeBron and Anthony Davis, just picking on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. You just run a pick and roll and it was over. Like this guy, it was a mismatch. It was a problem. Yeah, literally. It was was just kind of sad to watch uh, from the Heat perspective. And they couldn't do anything about it. Like they would just have to throw different guys at them. But it was like always some sort of a disadvantage. And now adding Bradley mitigates that to some extent. They had a guy who could play defense and and also of, Mo Mo Harkless too. Did they add Mo Harkless? They did, dude. They did Mo Harkless. Oh, no. I think he came from the Blazers. Um, I think oh, he was yeah, traded yeah. for Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good pickup too. I didn't even think yeah. about it. I was just looking at it from the perspective of Avery Bradley and also three D and re-signing Goran. Yeah, I want to go on your point too. I completely agree with you. Taking care of your players is a huge deal. And they also signed Udonis back. Uh, that also yeah. you know, shows you. That's little... huge. I think that was an early sign too. Um, I think Goran Dragic taking care of him and still maintaining flexibility. Um, they had a two-year deal, I think, and maybe it's a player team option on the second one. We'll see. Um, they still sure. had flexibility for Giannis uh, in 21. Um, they took care of Miles Leonard too, and this guy like did not play. Yeah, time. I had no idea why this guy got paid so much, but. I'll tell you why, because like he's like really like motivating on that bench and stuff like that. A lot of players sure. like rave about his impact, his voice, everything like that. He was kind of came mm-hmm. out of the rotation sort of late, but he did his job. And I think they have a team option on the second year. So people on Twitter were explaining to me like, don't worry, he might be using a trade or something like that, 
Well, but I like the fact that he was going to get paid and stuff like that. But we'll see where he lands, yeah. but good shot on them. Yeah, I, I like Miami. Like, they made some good moves, too. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we're definitely going down the list of, like, the winners and stuff. I had a couple more. Um, sure, sure. I will go on, along, that same, along that same line. Um, did you have anything more to add on the Heat? No, that, that was okay. it. That was all I got. Cool. Um, I want to move on to, yeah. So like we're going in order of like, you know, the, you could sort of tell the earlier ones were sort of the bigger winners. Um, but still, um, I want to give a huge shout out. I think, I think you can make the case like this team from the perspective of like where they were before this off season to mm-hmm. like where they are now, like that kind of difference and buffer, like there's no reason this team should not be like top three, like the Blazers, like, they got better, but they weren't bad to begin with. Like, they were a playoff team before. The Lakers were champions before. The Philadelphia 76ers were dead in the mud. They were locked up for $141 million next Oh, yeah. Season. I can't and believe they were we locked in. to talk about Their top five guys, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and Josh Richardson, makes like 90% of their payroll. And Daryl Morey steps in and is just like, hold my beer. And this dude he does made so much damage so fast. In so like a fast. Good way. I mean, for, where do I even begin? Like getting off Al Horford's books. Um, and this is this is very weird. I'm actually gonna, you know, not crucify him. And getting back a shooter that fits in your style of play and a young asset in Terrence Ferguson, um, with Danny Green as with well. Um, that's what you need. You like he was making some comments earlier how he was looking at the numbers and assessing this team and the the lineups where they had Simmons and B, Reddick and Covington and mm-hmm. Sarek at the four. That was really successful. And that, uh, Simmons and B, that combo would score, I think, um, 16 points uh, more than their opponent per 100 possessions. And it was like, that it was, was really working. We need to go back to that. And to get Seth Curry and trade Josh Richardson, who's more of a dead-eye shooter, um, give up a little bit of defense and then get Danny Green, who's, you know, poised for, um, you know, a better season, improved season. Now look at their starting lineup. Tobias Harris is still at the four who, who can get you uh, 20 points on maybe more than half the nights, 20 points a game. Like, oh, my God. And Dwight Howard as their backup. Tony Bradley as their third string. Matisse Thibel, who Sixers fans rave about. Shake Milton, who was breaking out while Ben Simmons was injured. And Fork on Course, Miles, who's a good shooter as well. And Glenn Robinson as well. Mike Scott. Are you kidding me? Like, I am so impressed with Daryl Morey. Like, all they need is good health. There is no reason this team, especially with the Raptors coming down a little bit, they can contend for home court in that first, in that, uh, first round. Um, and Bede's going to be, you know, on, on, a, on a revenge tour. So is Simmons with his injury last season. I am just so impressed. Uh, I really did not have any respect for the 76ers, but all hail Maury. Like, seriously, like, this guy sure. did a phenomenal job, and I am excited to watch this team barring good health because the shooting around this this duo is going to be incredible. We'll see. We saw what it did for the Lakers, and I'm just excited where it could take, take the Sixers. I mean, I still see them as, like, a top three team, so they were, like, what, a top six team? I mean, they're, they're like, the sixth seed last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if I would put the team currently or if the Celtics, actually. So there'd be a top four team. Do you think the Celtics there. are the best in the East? No, I, ju- I just think that the Celtics are better than the Sixers. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree, too. Yeah, so then the, the, then your top three is already made out, right? Then you're already no, but out. I'm talking about the fourth. Your fourth. So yeah. Nets, 
I think they can be fourth. Their ceiling can be fourth, and fourth place gets you uh, home court. Sure. Um, and, in the playoffs. So I'm talking Nets. So Bucks, no, 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 now if you look at it from a historical perspective, like that's not crazy different. Like they're just going back to their ways before they made that terrible signing with Horford and Harris, which I guess is good. Like, like, and like, that's like riding the ship a little bit. Cause honestly, those contracts were terrible. Like, yeah. I don't know why the hell they signed Al Horford for as much as they did. And they thought it would work, but the spacing was off. And um, they were just, they were stuck. They, no yeah. one wanted that contract. And, 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 and they did the right job. They, they did the right thing by, job. by dumping him off. And, um, I, I don't know if nobody wanted this contract. I mean, I think there were some teams that I, I think it was much easier to, to dump the Al, Al Horford contract than to say dump the Tobias Harris contract because that really? is ridiculous. Yeah, the, Tobias is paid higher, but you should have seen the stats. No, Tobias was actually a, a proven scorer. Dude, you should have seen the guy the didn't, contracts. No, you, you say that, but I think Harris just is not worth the money. Like, he's considered one of the worst contracts in the league for a reason. So statistically. No, but statistically, like, I think the reason why Harris is considered worse is because he didn't show up in the playoffs. So Harris is paid thirty six. Harris was paid. Harris paid thirty three. Thirty three. That's still so much money. He's paid forty million dollars in twenty three, twenty four. That's what I'm saying, dog. That's like that's. Um, okay, yeah, Horford's a little bit on the lower scale, but I think Tobias Harris. We can agree Tobias is better than Horford, but sure. I mean, he's younger, but his contract is ridiculous. Like, you can't get this guy. high, but I don't want to pay 34-year-old Al Horford $27 million either. I mean, I get that, but I think dumping – that's why exactly why I'm saying, like, dumping Horford's contract is much easier because once he gets to that age, like, there will be some sort of lottery team that will just pick him up for that option. Why? You can always, why what incentive is there? I mean, they did it. We because he's not a bad. Because he's not a. He's not like a horrible player. He's oh, he he's is. like a no. He's not. He's just it's in a bad system. But Tobias Harris is better than Al Horford. I know he is, but I think it, for his contract value, it is worth. I don't think he's worth that much money. Nobody's yeah, going to pick 12, him up. Twelve, seven, and four last season. And how much is he getting paid? Thirty-three million, Doug. Twenty-seven. No, 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 no. That was Al Horford, dog. Twelve, I mean, seven, and four. As a big man? As a that, big man. I mean, he's playing alongside Embiid. I mean, I mean. Spacing was, wasn't, spacing was an issue for them. And, like, you can, like, it was, it was obvious. Like, this guy on the, on the Thunder is going to put up more stats, obviously. You're, you're playing. Tobias was averaging 27 and 3, shooting 47, 37, and 81%. Like, Where was that in not, the playoffs? I don't know what playoffs, but the whole team was trashed in the playoffs. Like, what are you expecting out of him? Josh Richardson was trashed. Like, he's your he second best him. player. He's your second best player. Yeah, when, when Simmons was injured. So, like, if you're paying this guy that much money, like... I'm not at all saying, like, he's worth the contract. We are uh, completely online, like, with that. My okay. point is, I can make the argument that the Horford contract was worse. Like, I would feel worse about the Horford contract in terms of the value in comparison. Now, in three years, like, maybe not. But the Tobias is, at just, least is giving me value. 20 I points think... and seven, seven rebounds. So like, what? <laughs> Those are empty stats, in my opinion. Like, it's not, because they're, in, they're a playoff team. How can it be empty stats on a playoff team? I think because you can get those points elsewhere. 
Like I agree. Like Tobias is not Harris is getting paid like LeBron like numbers. He's not putting LeBron like numbers, but it's not like he's putting up 12, six and four and you're paying the guy 30 million. Now that is egregious, but yeah. Al, Al Horford is putting up the numbers and earning 6 million less than that and putting up terrible numbers. But Tobias you, Harris is averaging more rebounds than Al Horford. I just but that's a spacing that issue. That, that's that's, that's a spacing issue, though. Like, the, and that's what I'm trying to say. But Harris is still on the wing, so if you're spaced out to the wing and Horford is like still in the paint, should you not get more rebounds? Like, that's my that's my point. First of all, Embiid Embiid plays in the paint, right? Yeah. Horford had to play at the high post on that uh, in, in their rotation. If they had but two guys further away, the high post or the three point line. Bro, I'm not going to have that that's such a that's such a pointless conversation to have. Okay, I get that Harris is averaging more rebounds, but I think that if you were to put both of those contracts out to market and say who's willing to trade, people are going to take the Horford contract first. That's just that's I don't understand how that's like a tough thing to see. Like that's why Horford got dumped first cuz he's his contract is easier to dump. Because when you look at the long-term outlook, Harris's contract is worth a lot of money. And oh, yeah. I don't think no, he's I, I, I don't disagree with you. Like, if you're paying someone $40 million, like, you know, in like the, what, 23-24 season, that dude better be giving you freaking top five conversation numbers, bro. Like, and this guy's not going to do that, right? And that, and that right there is why that contract is bad. I don't know. I have a lot of faith in my boy Tobias. I guess so. He's a great guy. He just doesn't deserve that much money. And no, I'm totally kidding. Respect he to is. him for securing the bag. They can make a run for Harden, you know. But you know, if they do, they have to get rid of either Simmons or Embiid. I'm leaning on getting rid of Embiid, um, yeah. just because I think the injuries are notable and you know noteworthy enough. Where do you to, think the Where do you think the Sixers are going to be next year, seed wise? Because I have them fourth, like I said. I think I think they'll be fourth too. I just don't know what this would so mean in terms putting of putting them at four means they're better than Miami, which like now I'm a little hesitant about. So I'm expecting Ooh. the Bucks, if the, the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics, the yeah. Heat. Which one can the Sixers overtake? Now nah, I don't feel so good about that. Maybe fifth. Fifth is more accurate. If if they're if they're fourth or fifth, if they end up fifth, they like as great as their offseason moves have been in terms of figuring out their salary space. Like I don't think like. That sucks. Oh no, not at all. That is a successful, dude. When you are when you are in F stage, like this team, like no, I bound- understand that. No, salary wise, they're good. They're golden. But I, in my in my head, I'm not talking about salary. In terms of their roster and everything, they need to oh, make yeah, a no change. One's saying that. No one's they need saying to make that. A change. But if they're sitting fifth year by year, I understand. And and I, like compared to last year to this year, even if they're sitting at fifth seed with a lot of more money on their books that they can use to like get a new, like a, like a new player. That's totally fine. Yeah. I just like, that's, that's a win for them. But yes, like, I think like when I was talking to my cousin, he was saying that getting hardened on that squad would make them like, you that's know, a contender. Yeah. That would make that's them a contender. But sure. what I'm focusing now, what I want to talk right about, now, right now up. without Harden, if they're the fifth seed, they're going to trade Simmons or Embiid. I don't think no 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 no. I think so. This is their last I, season to give it a go. If they're no, not making no, no, to no, the no, second no. round, I disagree. I disagree. If Doc not, wins them around, I think Doc wins. If they have a positive season, they're a fifth. They're a fifth seed. They win around. They have a good season. I think they run it back one more time with some more flexibility, like you're saying. Now, what happened is the 
dude, the salaries were, the salaries matter because the salaries tie into the talent, right? The salaries were so bad last season that they were poised to make another bad season run this season with no depth, right? Because the salaries were so log jam. So sure. this team was expected before Mori got in there, ninth, eighth, seventh, and and primed for nothing but disaster to the point where Simmons and Embiid ha- like were going to face um, being split up inevitably or being traded at the trade deadline. No, they're not. But it's more of in a positive direction because now you got off someone's books. Another year is going to go by. Um, more more growth is going to happen. You are now at least you know not drowning anymore you're you're at surface level right now and so things are calm you have confidence if you're simmons and Embiid. we got shooters now everyone's looking to make a run um get that top four seed that would be their ceiling win around i don't think this is the do or die if the reason people are in do or die situations is because okay there are no more excuses we have the talent around us we got to make this work hence the milwaukee bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? He has the pressure because of the reasons we talked about earlier. These guys are not expected to win the championship. They are not a championship contender. Everyone knows that. But the sole fact that their manager and their GM and the new coach coming in care about success and building a culture doesn't mean that they can't have a positive, successful season. Just like Phoenix, they went from a lottery team to this team. I think Philly's in a uh, further along the timeline than them. But they're further along in the process, and that's something to applaud for because now moving forward, you have more answers to the puzzle. Like, okay, what worked this season? What didn't? They're a team in flux, right? I think and they were. I think they are a win now team. I don't know why. why. No, they're a win now team. They're they're going to do the best that they possibly yeah, like, can. Comparing they're not going to win Suns, at all. Yeah, compare. I mean, that's a fact, but you can't compare the Suns and the Sixers because the Suns are fighting for a playoff spot that they've now secured. In my opinion, not secured, but. Definitely not secured. They they definitely you know are like they could be projected to at least be like the fifth or the eighth seed, but the Sixers have been at the same level for the past like four years. And in my opinion, like you give it a go, maybe this year, maybe next year, like another season after this. But but that doesn't make sense to me because they have a new got to make a a new GM. So what doesn't make sense to me? Doc Rivers. Dude, honestly, I, I I don't trust Doc Rivers. I think he's he's not as good of a coach as he should be. You have to give them a chance. And he's Blake not a, Griffin. Blake Griffin and Chris Paul they got four or five years under the same coach together. I expect them to give them. They two had years Brett Brown. I mean, they had Brett Brown, and even though that guy was not meant to coach them for that long, like I know Doc Rivers is a better coach than them, but I don't think that the coaching is going to be the reason why they're going to keep the two of them together. You give them another shot, but. If Embiid shows some trade value in the market, if if it comes down to the fact that you're that you're asking like, look, I'll, it's either Embiid or Simmons for James Harden, you're making that trade. If if you get that some sort of like, if James Harden comes up, then it's true. But what you're saying, you're basically setting them up for disaster because everyone and their moms know they're not winning the championship. So what is the threshold for keeping them together, which is unlikely? With you're saying. Like what is what is the scenario? In which if I'm a if I'm a 76er right now, I'm looking to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, so That's under like, that circumstance, they will keep them together, Simmons and Embiid. Yeah, and I don't think this team is making the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to be bounced in the second round. I think they have a chance to make the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they have a chance, but I don't think like, very it's very unlikely. Chance. Very unlikely. They need to be very healthy. Yeah. Danny Green needs to like be 2014 Finals Danny Green. Yeah. And if they get bounced. Except- 
Seth Curry needs to shoot like his brother in the finals. Tobias Harris needs to put up stats that match. Yeah, contract. we need to pray that Joel, Joel Embiid needs to injured. win MVP and Ben Simmons needs to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's how they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's enough on the Sixers. Do you have a last winner? Um, I just thought of one as well. Do you have a last winner you wanted to compliment or just bring up? We can discuss real quick. We're good um, on time. Yeah, I think we're we're kind of nearing the end here, but I think if we were to talk about a team, I guess I don't really have any teams that are major standouts. Obviously, the the Oklahoma City Thunder have flipped for hella picks. The stack, the stockpile picks. Um, yeah. I'm if you don't have anything, I'm just gonna quickly give a shout out to the Houston Rockets. Um, really, they're not a huge fan and stuff, but what, I think. Bro? I think if Russ and I was talking to a friend earlier, I told you this earlier. If Russ and James stay, right, the Which team that they build around him is nice. If they start, I get that they sign Christian nice. Wood. Listen, look, look at this. Look at look at the starting lineup. Russ at the one, Harden at the two, healthy Eric Gordon at the three, who can rain from three. Um, Christian Wood, who averaged twenty and ten when Drummond got traded, sure. and healthy Demarcus Cousins, which is a question mark unknown. I understand the concerns. Off their bench or even starting, I don't, I don't mind. They still have Daniel House, who, who's a shooter. Ben McElmore, who's a shooter. P.J. Tucker, who's a corner specialist. And, yeah, that, that's their eight-man. And Damari Carroll as well. So that's not a bad team. With, with MVP-level James Harden and Westbrook uh, primed to make a comeback, why can't this team just still be mediocre at that 4-5 spot? I think they retain their playoff spot. Because no, they're going to blow up their squad. I think look, nah, that's that's too. I'm I'm talking about right now. That's what I'm saying. If going Harden into the season, is, going into the as season, as constructed right now. Look at as the constructed, roster. they could possibly you know, be the fourth or fifth seed. Yes, thank but you. going into the midseason, Russ is looking to get traded. They're looking to see if there's any offers for James Harden. Obviously, things are going to be a little different then because you know teams are looking to make moves. You know, make that push to make it to the playoffs. I see Russell, you know, getting more interest than I see James Harden, you know, opening up his field a little bit more than just saying, I want to go to Brooklyn. And, you know, it, 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 it would be a big deal. And that's I where I, I are, are near, but they're I'm literally Harden, sitting on like a bombshell. Like, the, like we can wake up tomorrow and one of these dude, two dudes are going to be traded. Yeah, and, I agree. Like but I don't, I, I don't, don't think I wouldn't call up. them a winner so far. Yes, they've signed Christian Wood. That was an no, amazing. No, no, no. We, we we left that we left that station like <laughs> three teams ago for sure. Now we're just complimenting uh you know teams that make good good signings. Yeah. I think if you're the Rockets and like like you said, you're 100 percent correct. Now I'm 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 talking about teams that are were in bad situations prior, and now we're in very decent situations. So that's my point with the theme of the Sixers and the Rockets. I think I lumped them together. They were in like catastrophes both from a payroll standpoint and from like a player personnel standpoint with the Rockets and to make the signings that both these teams had and to put something that is fans will tune into on their TVs and is a respectable lineup. Dude, this is phenomenal. Dude, DeMarcus Cousins, like, I don't know why people are so like, oh, they're injury prone. They haven't played in two years. They're washed. Like what? Like, yeah, dude, come back 100%. from injuries and People Dude, this guy hasn't back. played. This guy hasn't played an yeah. NBA game in so long. That's obviously that doesn't, this play. This guy, this guy, guy literally coming. tore his Achilles and then tore his ACL. Like that is the you problem. Know what he was doing it his prime. Do you know what he was doing it his prime? Yeah, I mean that was his 13. prime. Yeah, that was his prime. But that's my point. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. 26 and 13. So 
if this dude averages 15 and nine, which is what he was doing on the Warriors and then some, like, how is that a, not a realistic expectation? If you have a big man that's averaging 15 and 10, that's Clint Capella numbers, probably better than Chris, uh, Clint Capella numbers. And Christian Wood with his talent and skill, PJ Tucker, you're bringing back, Carroll, House, Macklemore, all shooters with Gordon. Like, this is a good team to be happy and, 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 and like, excited about. And the owner was I'm talking, sure. and some reporters were talking. James Harden is not like a player that's going to, you know, uh, protest or like set out games. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna play the exactly. games if he stays. And, and I understand gonna be that. moving games, and it's not but, gonna trade. It's not gonna change the fact that he might get traded. That's fine. But if you're the Rockets, if you're the front office, you're like, okay, we are t- our job is to still put a product out on the court, and we're gonna do that. And I, mean, I think sure. they deserve props for doing that. That is the only perspective I'm coming from. I honestly think that you know, that. They're all right. Like I give them like a B. I wouldn't give them like anything more than a B. I, I like like they they signed Christian Wood. That was I think their best signing so far. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Nothing major, but there's, there's nothing again, major. They, they and getting cousins and getting cousins like at least showed like like look, we'll have a guy who can freaking. Yeah, we have a, we have a wild card. Um, and they were they were strapped for cash too. Think about it. They could not trade anyone because they're ready to trade for first-round picks, I keep talking about it, which was insane at the time, for Jimmy Butler. They just couldn't because Daryl Morey was just like picks, picks, picks out the window, constantly pursuing trades that, you know, got them out. Um, yeah, because I mean, they, wanted to, win, they, they wanted to win. They wanted to win. We're a win-now team. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, just and like now the they're in this position where, like, you know, they might have to blow it up. And I, I'm i looking I at – get value back. Yeah, their top Dude, priority Russ, is – Russ for Kemba? Nah, nah, now you got a squad. <sighs> Russ for Wall? Now you got a squad. But that's what I'm saying. We'll that see. rest for Wall trade would be nice. It um, would be. I'd be excited for that. We'll see. Yeah. I think Wall and Harding could be a good pairing together. You get some new energy in there. Yeah, and I you're think not, Wall, you're not going to win. Wall's a consistent shooter too back. from the inside. Um, yeah, and, and I, I get I get James Harden's frustration. Like you're definitely like you know you don't want to be a sixth to seventh expected team to make win the championship, and you definitely want to be in the upper echelon. So I feel for him. I understand. I mean, he's in his prime, too. Like, he needs to, he needs to he go is, to a team that, is, like, where he can produce and, like, you know, play winning basketball. Because I think it really affects his legacy as a player. And, like, he's proven to the league. Like, I think, well, you know, like, even the Kobe Bryant interview where he's like, dude, yeah, he's not going to win if he plays like this. I mean, it still rings true. The like, yeah, the, does, the, the, guy, the guy can't drop 40 points, especially when the way he scores – like yeah, he is a phenomenal shooter and the scorer, but dude, he gets exactly. to the free throw line a lot. And it's in the rough. playoffs, you're not going to get the same calls, and that the frustrates the hell out of that team. Oh yeah, like the Rockets play on the freaking on on the free throw a lot more than I see a lot of other teams. So teams exactly. It, it, we'll like, see what they do. We will see what they do. The Rockets are oh so interesting. You're right. We could wake up tomorrow and one of these two are traded. Um, training camp is December 1st, so, I mean, I think it would be convenient if one so of them were fast. traded before training camp. Which, Ridiculous. They, they have come out and said they are willing to get uncomfortable. You know, you're right. We could see a trade December 1st, December 22nd, January mm-hmm. 15th. It does not matter. It's going to be yeah. a crazy circus with the Rockets. Um, that'll be all for us today, guys. Thank yes, you for sir. tuning in on the Uncharted pod. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, catch us next time. We'll be discussing, you know, where there's winners. Uh, like we did today, there are losers in the league. And unfortunately, a lot of these teams did not live up to the hype um, with their offseason acquisitions and moves. So uh, tune in for that. Uh, it'll be coming very, very soon. 
uh, where we break down uh, the losers of the offseason and where their futures lie. Uh, Yash, you want to add anything? No, man. I think, you know, it's great. Here? Yeah. It's a great pod. Yeah, we're all good. Appreciate uh, it, guys. Good night from the West it. Coast. And uh, we'll see you. See you, boys. All right.